0: I want, I want you to turn to, my, uh, to Romans chapter 3. I have a wonderful subject for you. It is titled Romans chapter 3. <laughs> yeah, Romans chapter 3. So I don't know what to call these things, but there are a lot of subheadings there. Now, um, uh, in Romans chapter 3, verse 1, the scripture reads, What advantage then has the Jew? Or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way. And then, so I want to just go back. I said that now. I want to go back and talk a little bit about this because um, in this section, God's judgment is being defended. So I want to take you back and maybe reminisce a little bit in chapter two. But what we'll do is we may say a few things that we've not said before. But what I would like for us to do is to really allow the Holy Spirit to to internalize in us and for us, or to the Holy Spirit to inculcate, we will internalize all that the Lord wants us to understand about Romans. And what you're finding is that uh, God really has concluded all mankind under sin. You had the uh, the Gentiles, the pagans, doing the craziest thing. It's, and They got so crazy, they started to invent new evil stuff. And, and that's really, really nutty. And then, of course, you find that the Jews also were found to be guilty even though they had the law. So we want to be careful how we uh, dissect all of this. But let me go back to chapter 2 and just talk, give you a few of the subheadings. And because we knew that the Gentiles were crazy, then we found that the Jews were too. And, and so, uh, you know, a lot of times, Christians don't like to say things like that because we are informed by other things rather than the Word of God. So it's, it's okay to know math if you didn't see math in the word but it is terrible to be informed by something outside God that leads you astray or leads you to think things that you ought not think and so that's what uh, I believe my assignment in the, in the body is and I think many of you ha- uh, have the same uh, assignment. In, in Romans chapter 2 we found that in the first uh, several verses uh, say about five verses, we found that the Jews were judged according to truth. God, uh, it was, uh, we said God's righteous judgment. We perhaps said that. And so they were judged according to truth. Although they were God's covenant people, uh, God didn't give them, as it were, I'm going to say, an unfair advantage over everybody else. They had to act right too. And so then the next uh, heading uh, in the first heading, uh, Jews were judged according to truth. Uh, God said some things like, uh, you are judging others when you are practicing the same things. You're, you're saying, okay, I've got the law. It's like uh, this is my talisman. This is my little thing, little charm I hold on to, the covenant, the law, and all of that, and I can do whatever I want to. It's like I told you about some of my friends when I was a boy. Uh, they went to a particular denomination and they would say they had been saved so they could have all the fun they wanted to. And so they were doing wicked stuff uh, and and just crazy stuff because they said, okay, I, I've been saved. I said the sinner's prayer. And it's similar to what the Jews were doing. Um, and so... Uh, the, the writer, Paul, says, Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? And so he was talking to the Jews. Uh, God imputed righteousness, and so he expected a righteous response from them, not a wicked response. So when God saves you, then he expects to have fruit uh, of your salvation in your life. So, and, and so then uh, the second uh, part of uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 6 through, I think it was 10, uh, the Jews were judged according to their works. And we tried to explain that a little bit as much as we were able to in the time that we had. And so those are things we can go over and over. So they were judged uh, uh, by their works. And so the, we, we elaborated a little bit on that because the scripture says, God will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient, continuous in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, uh, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. So, so the Jews were judged by their works. We do not mean, and nor do we indicate, that that you work your way to salvation. That is not the case. But what God is saying here is that is that since God uh, had... Uh, blessed them, called them out, had, had given them grace, he expected righteous conduct from them. That's what that means. So, so if I am saved by grace, I don't live in disgrace. So th- that's what God is saying to, to, to the Jews. So the Lord was not giving them uh, a law or a covenant or a promises uh, a trap door or escape clause. He was not doing that. And so uh, I wanted to make that clear. Clearer when uh, we go into chapter 3. Now, I read a a verse, a couple of verses in chapter 3 when we started, because I wanted you to know I was in chapter 3. I didn't want to, you know, do like I did at first, you know, we're going to do Romans chapter 1, I go to Acts chapter 8, right? So there was a reason. And so, uh, and then uh, thirdly, uh, the Jews were judged impartially. We, we always talk about there's not partiality with God. I've said that randomly throughout messages for the last 30-some-odd 30 30 years, 40, 50 years. I've said that, that because sometimes we act as though everybody's impressed with how cute you are. God made you, so he's not all impressed with how cute you are and how beautiful your eyes are. And he doesn't go, I just like the way you move, you know, no. No partiality, right? No partiality with God, and so in verse eleven of chapter two, he says, "Paul says, for there is no partiality with God." Wow, no partiality, and almost all of us, if not every single one of us, has at one time in our lives uh, had people to be partial to us. They just liked us, and because they liked us, they let us by. God said, "Uh, uh-uh, won't do it," uh-uh, you know, because God has to be righteous as He judges. If he's not, not righteous, then he uh, denies who he is and he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. So, so then we want to understand, again, why we're teaching this because you and I are living in such a world when the, the moral fabric uh, has broken down so much that... Uh, the world system says, if you don't accept this, you're the enemy of the people. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you know, if you don't accept this uh, immoral behavior, then there's something wrong with you. Uh, not, not that you're righteous, no. You think you're better than everybody. So the world comes against us as we hold this righteous standard. Now, what I'm saying to all of us, let's hold on to the righteous standard, but let's don't be judgmental about everybody acting like we never sinned at all. We don't want to act like that. We ought to have some sympathy for the sinner, man. You're in a mess, and I know you can't get out because I couldn't get out. Jesus rescued me, and he'll, he'll rescue you too. That should be our message, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's what we want to do as believers. We don't want to be holier than thou. You know, we, we've got it all together. You know, the only reason we have it together is because greater is he who is within us than he who is in the world. Jesus is the reason we are together. And and so we have nothing to boast of in and of ourselves. All right. So well, if I can do it, you can. No, no. Somebody's do. You've got a helper inside. You've got the helper, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Paracletos. They're like triple A. That's what the Holy Spirit is like. Triple A. You know, A A A. That little, you break down on the highway, you give them a phone call, In about so many minutes or an hour, they're there. Ready to jack your car up, change that tire, send you on your way. Uh, That's Jesus. uh, The Holy Spirit is is the paracletos. That's what he's like. So you and I are blessed with him. So there's no partiality with with, uh, God. For as many, verse 12 of chapter 2 says, For as many as have sinned without law, Will also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God. Not the hearers of the law are righteous in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified, or the doers of the law will be declared righteous. And so you and I have been declared righteous because Jesus Christ lives in us. We have received Jesus Christ, and we we had, we exercised faith in him, and God said, that's righteousness, right. Yeah, right? Because what you're finding here is that the Gentiles who did not know God were really crazy. They're, I mean, a bug on the ground was not crazier than they were, right? Those are our foreparents, right, if you're not of Jewish stock. But then we find out that the Jews were still were acting bad, too. But God had a purpose for the law. The law wasn't making people righteous, and I, I, we may repeat that later. The, the law was exposing how lawless we were. You know, you know, because if there's no law, there's no transgression. Right. Right. You know, if there's no stop sign out here that says stop, and I drive out there and 18 free crashes me, I'm dead, but still, I didn't break the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So, so, so that's how, how simple it looks, right? Are we still good? Yeah. Yes. Am I talking too fast? No. Okay, if I'm talking, thank you so much. I, I can get excited and just... Well, yeah, yeah, do that. So, okay, let's let's go to um, uh, verse seventeen, and then you'll understand some things. Um, there's a lot we could say about. Let me just say it before we go to verse seventeen, let me just elaborate a little bit on God judging the the secrets of men's hearts uh, by Christ Jesus, and so so God is still judging uh, us, uh, mankind. For what he has done. In Romans chapter 2 verses 14 and 15. He really talks about everyone needs to trust the Lord Jesus. So that the blood of Jesus Christ could and would cleanse their conscience. That's what that's about. So the blood of Jesus cleanses the conscience. The enemy is always trying to accuse us. Always trying to accuse us. So the conscience will accuse or excuse us. But the enemy is always trying to use that against us. Uh, but God is for us. Now, the Jews uh, uh, were as guilty as the Gentiles. They were as guilty as what Paul is proving in, in, in Romans. He's proving that the Jews was, were as guilty as the Gentiles. Now, there were some Jews who were righteous. But we're talking about overall. Uh, they were failing miserably. Now, we, we don't want to... And anyway, we live in a day when somebody could say Don Lavelle is anti-Semitic. That would, be the, that would be such a big uh, thing. It, would, it wouldn't, could be called a fib. It had to be called something with an L. You know, uh, F is too, too far this way. Yeah, I'm not anti-Semitic at all. You know, my Savior uh, was born a, a young Jewish boy. He was born a baby. He was born to a Jewish family. He served uh, Yahweh. So my Savior Jesus, but my Savior Jesus is not a Jewish carpenter today. My Savior Jesus is the first fruits of a new mankind. That's who my Savior Jesus is. Yeah, yeah. My my Savior is that. So I, I, in no way could I be anti-Semitic. I couldn't be anti-Semitic because my father drilled in us love for the Jewish people. Yeah. He, he just loved them. and David was one of his favorite characters. Oh, David, he talks about. So, so no, this is not anti-Semitic. Nor is this anti-progress, anti-progress. Oh, this man is against progress because we, everybody knows that today the law of the land is diversity, equality, inclusion. Doesn't matter what you are. Doesn't matter what you pre- pre- profess, it doesn't matter how far you are away from God. It doesn't matter. You're supposed to embrace and just love them and let them do whatever they want to. No, it doesn't matter whether the kid is 10 years old or not. No, 10 years old, you're in my house and you want to do something other than what God wants, you're going to get a spanking. And you're going to get some loving arms around you, but you're going to get a spanking. And if you insist on it, you're going to get another one. And you're going to get another one. But you're going to have some loving arms around you, some kisses on the cheek, and, 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 and dad or, or, or papa's going to say, I love you, I love you, and you can mutter under your breath, no, you don't, but you can't say it out loud. That, that's love. That's love. You know, the old, the old saying, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. How does that go? Say it loudly. Not just for one, for Not just for one but for everyone. But, but, but by whose definition? What kind of love are they talking about? If they're talking about the Gentile kind of love, you can sleep with anything you want to? They're talking about that kind of love? You're talking about the love you can spoil a young woman or spoil a young man and think you've conquered and done well? That kind of love? It's not God's kind of love. And the church must be a picture of that. The church must not, in some zealot fashion, self-righteous fashion, go out and tell the world that. No, but we need to know that we have been, been given, we have been clothed with the righteousness of God, which is found in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. That's our job. And so, and so we found in, in Acts chapter two, Acts, in Romans chapter two, the Jews were as guilty as the Gentiles because they didn't obey the law. They didn't obey the law. Let me read a few verses. In verse 17, he says, Indeed, you are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. And so I wanted to just say so the Jews were guilty too. And so then, then where does that bring us? Today, what does that bring us? It brings us to the place that the church has become so involved in the things of the world, trying to make the things of the world right, that we have forgot our mission. We are guilty of, of at least mission drift or, or just play mission abandonment. But I think maybe mission drift because we want to do what is right, but we are, we are looking at the wrong barometer. We're lo- looking at the wrong measurement. You know, we do not do what the world thinks, and we'll do good that, uh, that good thing that God has said, but we'll do it the world's way, not at all. I find no help in the world. I, I've, I have been full-throated, but I'm more full-throated right now. I'm like alligator mouth full-throated right yeah, that, there's no help in that system for us. All of our help comes from the Lord. My help, the psalmist says, comes from the Lord. And that, is, that should be for all of us. So Romans is very appropriate for us. Romans is helping us to get some things right. First right with God, then right with my brother, my sister. All right, And so then we, we found out that circumcision uh, was being used, uh, again, as a talisman that, okay, I'm circumcised. That means I've got a covenant with God and uh, everything is all right. But Paul says uh, here that in verse 25, for circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law, but if you're a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcised. And then he goes on to say in verse 29, but, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from man, but of God. So this is what Paul is saying. Now, that gives you a background, and we'll use the rest of your time to address chapter 3. And so, and, and Paul starts out with chapter 3. Uh, my, my, my subject is Romans chapter 3. Okay, the first point I want to make is that the Jews... Do not obey the oracles of God. Amen. Now, uh, okay, am I picking on the Jews? No. But what we're showing is we're showing that the irreligious man was bad and the religious man was bad. God had a solution for both. Amen. That's what we wanted to show you. And, and so uh, you can be religious all day long and, and not be right. Religious but not right. And so let's look at it again. Paul asks the question, uh, what advantage then has the Jew or what is the profit of circumcision? He says, much in every way, chiefly because to them, to the Jewish people, were committed the oracles of God, the sayings of God, the words of God, the oracles. Peter says, if any man speak, if any man speak let him speak as the oracles of God. So what, what Peter is saying to us is that when you and I talk, we ought to talk like God is talking through us. Is that too challenging for you? Yeah, talk like God is talking. You and I have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. He animates us. What does that mean? It means he brings the life of God to these human bodies. He animates us. And so he wants to use your words, your mouth rather, for his words. He wants to use your mouth for his words. And so uh the Jews do not really believe in the oracles of God. So so um he says for what if some did not believe? Paul asked the question. Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? And he he, he wants you to answer that correctly. What would you say? Certainly not. Certainly not. <laughs> Amen. New King James Bible. <laughs> certainly, certainly not. Come on, do you have some certainly not folks over there, huh? He says, let me ask you, for what if some do not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, what does he say? Let God be true, but every man a liar. So if God, when God says something, if a man contradicts God, the man is a liar. And, and that should be our position. And we should be able to say that full-throated, but with love. I I don't have a problem with a lot of things that I hear Christians saying in the public sphere, but I don't see any love in it. Yeah, I don't see any love in it. I don't see any love in it. I see judgmentalism in it. You know, like holding maybe the right position with the wrong disposition. All right? So we need to stop that, all of us, unequivocally. Let's just stop that, you know. And uh, you have a relationship with a brother or sister. Let's call about on it. Yeah. We're timid, aren't we? We don't want to mess up the friendship. Well, the friendship is already messed up if you are with God and they're not. All right? Is that okay for me to just be like that? By the way, he said, What did he eat this afternoon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Don't let him eat anything Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, so certainly not. Let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified. In your words, this is what he's saying of God, that you, God, may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Verse 5 says, but if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man, Paul says. Certainly not. So so is God unjust who inflicts wrath? Certainly not. For then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to His glory or God's glory, why am I also still judged as a sinner? And why not say, "Let us do good that evil may come"? And Paul says, "As we are slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say," what Paul was saying is that people would take his uh, words out of context. And they were doing it to slander them. And then he, th- he makes a pronouncement as an apostle. He says, their condemnation is just. It's right that God holds them to account and hold their feet to the fire. Because their condemnation is just, is right. So, so, so they are uh, taking his words out of context. We have declared in this fellowship, uh, and of course this is everywhere, not only in the fellowship, but it's everywhere, that context determines meaning. And so Paul is is speaking the truth here, and context is determining meaning. So uh, let's go on to see what he says here. Uh, What Paul is doing is he is bringing God's remedy to the fore. He is showing us that man sinned without law, man sinned without covenant, man sinned without the promises. Then he's showing that man sinned with law, man sinned with covenant, and man who had the promises still sinned. So Houston, we got a problem. We got a problem. Come on, we got a problem. This, but this is big stuff, though. I, I, feel my, I feel my tear ducts trying to work. But this is big stuff. Those of us who had no covenant, our forebears had no covenant with God, then here we are, covenanted people. They were unrighteous. didn't matter where you were didn't matter where you were, on which continent you lived, you were still drinking blood out of the skulls of your enemies old, that, that your forbearers were. Worshipping idols, doing all kinds of lewd things. Yeah, but here we are with covenant with God. This is what Paul is showing us here in Romans. Are, are we still all right? What is he going to show us here? He's going to show us that all have sinned. He's going to show us that all are guilty before God. The Jews and the Gentiles. I don't know if you know what I'm trying to say to you. That's, that's big news. Because it, it, it would have been uh, one of those key uh, last moments for us, you know. What a pity on those Gentiles if those Jews could, if the law could have brought them righteousness. But I'm thankful to God that the law could not bring them righteousness, but the law showed them how unrighteous mankind was. Even with the law of God and the promises of God and covenant of God, you're still unrighteous. I mean, what a blessing in, a, in, a, in this sense, in that we found out who you we are. So Paul asked the question in verse 9 What then? Are we better than they? He said, Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks or Gentiles that they are all under sin. All under sin. Sin dominated everybody. Now listen, as it is written, he says, There is none righteous. No, not one. Jesus is the only truly righteous person to ever live on this planet. Never sinned a day in his life, not a second, not a millisecond. But the rest of us did often, and we and we found pleasure in it. Wow! So the world that we are that we have inherited, or some maybe in some ways uh, helped to create, is in a mess and the world needs someone who knows who Jesus is and then, as a result of that, someone who knows who he or she is and then what they have available in Christ and then what they're able to do with that. That's what the world needs right now. That's what we need right now today. We don't need better politics. We need better Christianity. Hallelujah. We need some righteousness. Hallelujah. I know I, I didn't get enough hands on that one. I thought you'd all just jump up and shout and throw your hats in the air, you know. I think some, uh, I think some of us, maybe online and even here, we're, tra- we're still trying to perfect politics. Can I just, let me just digress, and I'm going to take this two minutes back from you on the other side. But, but let me just digress here. You know, uh, we, we recently, I think it was Monday, had a, a terrible shooting in Tennessee, you know, and, and, and I don't know about you, but I'm sick of hearing politicians say our thoughts and prayers are with you. I'm thinking I'd like to th- throw, you, throw you out of your office. You know, not, not physically, not physically. I'm not going to go in the flesh. But I, I'd like to get you out of the office. You know, politics hasn't gotten better because it's, it, it's corrupt too. It's part of that world system. I'm not telling you don't ever vote, but I'm saying you ought to pray before you do. So y'all really pray. Y'all not go in there and tell God what you, what you think he ought to be doing. And you're not delivered yet. You can't bring deliverance. If you're not delivered, you can't bring deliverance. This is what God wants the whole world to know. And, and the, the only way the world's going to know it is through us. But if we're all messed up, how can we bring deliverance? How can we bring healing? You know, physician, heal yourself. Wow. That's what that looks like. All right. Y'all got so quiet. Let me move on. You don't say, hey, you're beating up on us. No, no, I'm not. Okay, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. You can't get help from that group. Stop trying to get help from that group. The poison of asp is under their lips. Wow. Wow. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. We need help. And the help comes from the Lord. The help comes from the Lord. That's our job. is to be the conduit of God. All right? The God's conduit to that world. Those lost people. Now let me go to verse nineteen, and uh, we'll see how far we can go. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. Why? That every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in His sight, for by the law for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Okay, so so the law. Gave us the knowledge of sin. It showed us that we were sinners, that we needed a savior. We needed the help. Because when the Bible says thou shalt not covet, we coveted. We wanted to covet. When it says thou shalt not lie, we found ourselves wanting to lie. And we were caught in it. Listen, Galatians uh, chapter 3 verse 11 says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. Now, why is it evident? Because the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. You know, we always want that faith escape clause. You know, God help me my faith. My faith is weak and just help me anyway in spite of my weakness. No, the just shall live by faith. And, and sometimes we, we have all these issues in our life and problems in our life, and we wonder, you know, uh, who's going to deliver me from it? Oh, God, I don't want any of these problems. No, God wants you to learn how to walk by faith. I mean, that's what this is about. You have to learn how to walk by faith. You know, I, can I just say a couple more things? No. Well, will tell you what. tell you what. I promised I was going to be done. No. Thank you. I'll say them Sunday. But let me, let me go through one more. And let me go through one more. Let me read these, and I'll kind of reiterate them on Sunday if you don't mind. Verse 21 says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. I have to give this, get this or this is not complete. The righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, this is the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there's no difference, no difference between Jews and Gentiles. For all have sinned and not and have fallen, no, and fall short. All have sinned and present tense fall short of the glory of God. Then he says, being justified freely by his grace, God's grace breathed upon us and and we just suddenly had a moment of sanity and we knew that we were sinners and we needed a holy God and we cried out, help me, Jesus, and he did. You can't even come to God by yourself. It's an act of God. And so you and I ought to be and should be, must be forever grateful to the Lord. Wow, wow, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate at this present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith In Jesus. So Jesus is the propitiation. He satisfies God. He satisfies God's righteousness. He satisfies God's justice. And Jesus is that mercy seat for all of us. We'll get more into that later. Are you okay? I was rushing to the finish line. All right. All right. So that means that each one of us needs the Lord, all right? We need the Lord. And let's not take for granted this amazing opportunity we have to come to Jesus um, and to be saved, not just to be saved. Salvation is more than a get-out-of-hell-free card. Salvation is a lot more than that. Uh, It is being saved from sin, degradation, all of that shame to God. That's what it's been. That's what it is. So I want us, if you have not re- received salvation, you're not given your heart to Jesus, I'm going to come back in a minute and, and ask you uh, to receive Jesus. I'll be back. This is Steph.